even women that have never been married and don't have kids are reaching out to me asking me about dating, like, you know, in your late 30s and early 40s. And my advice is like, date everyone, (laughs) say yes to every date and just try people on, try yourself on. It's like, it becomes less serious and it doesn't matter as much when you do it. Try on all the pants. Like yeah. just try, try them all on and you never know what's hiding outside of your comfort zone. World, world, your oyster. What's up, everybody? You're listening to World Your Oyster. This is your host, Paula Sanders, and I am having a little solo dolo moment today. And... You know what? Today is actually our 15th episode, which is a really big deal in the podcast world. Um, From what I understand, 15 episodes is typically where new podcasts go to die. (laughs) But I'm so happy that we've made it here. And I just want to take a quick moment to thank everybody that's been listening, especially our family and our friends and our community. It really means so much that you've supported us on this journey. And it's been so fun. Number one, that's the most important thing, right? I've also been able to pursue a passion. And it's been a long time since I've gotten to do that. I left the creative world 10 years ago is when I stopped dancing and moved on to pursue other dreams, which was, you know, trying to really understand who I was outside of the and off the dance floor or the court. And that journey has been so incredible as well and still continues to be incredible. I still, of course, have my my day job and I love what I do and I feel so blessed to do it. But this has been... It's been so many things starting this podcast, and I've learned so much about myself as an individual. I've learned so much as myself about myself as a partner in this, and I've learned a ton of skills, which is great. And I am just so excited to continue um, to bring you all into my world, into our world, and to continue to bring you stories that I hope inspire you and have you remembering that the world really is your oyster. Today, I have a very special guest coming in and she has just released a newsletter and she is talking all about modern love and divorce and starting over with a child when you're in your late 20s, early 30s, dating and navigating all of that. And I'm really looking forward to speaking with her, especially since I am a child of divorce And it can be a little bit of a hot topic. So I do just want to have a little bit of a disclaimer that we will be talking about divorce, but it has a really positive spin because divorce is not a bad thing. I think it's actually an incredible thing. And as a child of divorce, I found it to be one of the greatest attributes of my life to have an infinite amount of love from my stepfamily and both of my parents, to have them both living to their best potential um, separately so that they could be the best parents that they possibly could be for both me and my siblings. So I did just want to give that little warning. And I really hope that you all listen to this episode because I think it's going to be a special one. And again, thank you so much for being on this journey with me, with us. I'm speaking on behalf of Mo, but I know she feels the same way. And let's keep doing this together. Let's keep pushing each other forward. And if I have one thing to say after 15 episodes and 90 days of World's Your Oyster is if you have a passion that you're not putting into motion right now, just do it. There's never going to be a right time. You're never going to be prepared. You're never going to be an expert in the beginning. And that's taken me a while to to understand, but 
just lean into it. Lean into whatever that passion is that is keeping you up at night. Just do it. And I wish you all the best always and stay tuned for the episode. Bye-bye. Colleen Cravello is a storyteller, editorial director, writer, and creator of brand new newsletter, Double Take. Her latest project explores the complexities of modern love and divorce, offering personal stories and insights that aim to challenge the narrative around this challenging life experience. Through her writing, Colleen seeks to empower others to embrace their vulnerabilities and find strength in their struggles. By sharing our story, she believes that we can break down barriers, foster understanding, and create a more compassionate world. I'm thrilled to have her here on our podcast to share more about her journey and the inspiration behind her project, Colleen Crivello. Welcome to World Ya Oyster. Hi. Hi. I need you to follow me around and just introduce me like that everywhere I go. I mean, just give me, I'll, I'll have it to memory by next week. And then you just take me everywhere you go because you have such like a fab life. You're having the most fun always. So fun being divorced. (laughs) See, there we go. We're already at it. Well, you know, it's, it's funny because obviously I, I didn't know that you were doing this project. And then I saw it on Instagram and I was on the Peloton one day and I'm thinking about how am I going to keep my show going and how am I going to like get guests? And then I was like, oh my God, wait, this is so incredible because I'm a child of divorce and I'm the first person to always say like the divorce was the best thing that ever could have happened to my family. Absolutely. And you know, it's, it's not every day that you hear somebody say that. So I was just so proud of you for being willing to share your story and to make others feel like it's okay too. So kudos to you for, for being so open. And I'm sure it's scary because being terrified. Yeah. Because being open and honest about these things is, it's scary. And I would love to kind of hear how you began this process and this journey and how this all started for you. By nature, I'm a storyteller. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as I've been working with other brands and I've always told other people's story for so long, I really felt that it was time to tell my story. And so I'm also a child of divorce. And then about six years ago, I myself got divorced from my husband, who's also the father of my daughter. And, you know, over the last six years or so, I have, I was probably one of the first to get divorced out of all my friends. I was also the first to get married, you know, all these things, first to be a mom, you know, I was kind of first to all of it at a very young age. And um, over the last six years, I have been giving everyone I know advice. And, um, you know, when I come away from all that, I realize when I was starting out, I had nobody to give me any advice. Right. And I was so um, misinformed and I didn't understand. And I felt so lonely and so scared throughout the entire process, even though it was something that I wanted. Yeah. And, and how old were you again? When-, when I got divorced, well, I was 25 when I got married and about 33 young. or so when I um, got divorced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so going through it was really scary. And so now six years later, I felt like I wanted to put something out there in the world and really like, even if it's incrementally changed the narrative around divorce, that it's not always negative and it's not always sad. And um, there are parts of it and components of it that are sad, but it can ultimately be, to your point, the best thing to happen to a family. Um, you know, it's it doesn't serve anybody to have children grow up in a home where the parents don't want to be together. And um, when they have opportunities to maybe go and make other happy lives in other ways. Mm-hmm. And 
So I wanted to create a platform and a place for women and, and men to come and read and, and hear other people's stories, read other people's stories, and understand that they're not alone in this process and they're not, it's not, it's not a, it's not, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Yeah. And, no, um, and it's, you've managed to find a way to put a real human spin on it. You know, yeah. it, it's not very long, which is, is also great. You know, the attention <laughs> reads, span of, reads, yeah, yeah, the attention span of us, like I can read it on my walk to work, yeah. which is what I love most about yeah. it. It's like a five to seven minute read. And it really just like, it captures obviously what you're going, going through, but it makes it feel like really understandable, which yeah. I think is, you know, Sometimes with a topic like this, it can be a bit challenging. So let's talk about the platform really quickly before we dive in. So why did you choose to go newsletter route? And what exactly is the process in that? What was like, if you could just walk us through how you kind of got to this place. So for the last like year and a half, I've been on this journey to write a book. And, um, you know, it's probably about halfway written or so. And and in doing that, I, I realized that, I wanted to get something out there in the immediate. Mm-hmm. And um, so Substack is this amazing platform that I think a lot of writers are on right now. And it kind of takes you back to 2007. It has this like really yeah. old school feeling. Like live and, journal? Yeah, totally. And it's just live journal? Live, all of that. <laughs> and it's just like, it feels like old school blogging where you're, it's just words, minimal images. It's not about the graphics. It's not polished. It's like raw and honest and real. And you you know, you write your words out there and you hit publish and it goes out into the universe and easy to read, easy to access. And so I felt like it was an immediate way to get my truth out there. And, um, and, you know, I feel like the more we all put our truth out there, the more we can impact other people. And so I wanted something that, that was right now. Um, you know, and then in, in the long term, the idea really is that there will be, you know, I see a, a podcast and being on podcasts and sort of becoming the authority in this space that's, you know, again, changing the narrative. But, you know, in the right here and now, I felt like it was an easy way to access people and give them that. And it's interesting too, right? Because when you think of people getting divorced, you think of like somebody in their 40s. That's yeah. typically like the 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 picture of divorce that we have totally but the truth is is that it that's like just sad and desperado right <laughs> right but like the truth is is that you know pe- you could get div- you could get divorced a day after you get married you know like totally. there are people that get divorced at a very young age and yeah. it's so refreshing to have this young modern face yeah. and approach to living a, a modern lifestyle and you've been able to, you know, you, your daughter is how old now? So my daughter's 12. Um, and yeah, I was 33, give or take, maybe 32 when we got divorced. And I mean, at that time, I remember thinking like, I know this isn't it. So I'm better off doing this now than, than later yeah. and being that, you know, sort of older standard. Yeah. And oh my gosh, <laughs> and the conversations that you're going to get to have with your daughter when she's in her thirties yeah. are going to be, yeah, yeah. wow. So, so well, and hopefully I can set her up, you know, in a way that like, I feel like I didn't have that same support. Yeah, no, for sure. Would you mind sharing your story or? Yeah, no, not at all. Okay, good. So um, why don't you run us through the, you know, the story. Obviously, we're all going to subscribe to Double Take and, and listen to it and 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 read it. But um, I think it's also great to just have the full story and the full picture. Um, yeah, I'd yeah. love to hear from your perspective. So, I like I mentioned already, I was a child of divorce. And um, I was so young. And I started dating this 
guy and he was amazing and you know we traveled the world and everything seemed seemed wonderful and it was really fun but I didn't have this sort of like north star this like bar for what I thought a marriage or a relationship or what any of that meant to me how old were you when your parents got divorced I was seven when my parents got divorced okay um which seems to be kind of a standard age like the more I go and even my daughter was was five turning six when I got divorced so it seems to be kind of around there that I feel like a lot of point yeah I think so I feel like people feel like when the kids are too young that's not good when they get older it's actually harder I've learned yeah so when you you didn't have a north star did you you just felt that you didn't see like pictures of successful relationships so you kind of thought that like okay yeah no same yeah I didn't and I do now like I really look out for that now and like but I didn't have that and I didn't know any better and so when I was when I was dating this guy and and then marriage came up and all these things it was like well yeah why not you know but I didn't know what I was like what I wanted to build I didn't have sort of a blueprint or anything that I was aiming for. So we were having fun and it seemed great, right. you know? And Yeah. I had, I was in, I was in the same boat. Yeah. Not, I mean, I didn't marry that yeah. person, but yeah, but I had. you could have seen that. No, I, well, I was yeah. engaged to yeah. somebody else. And then finally it took my mother to like slap me up beside the head and be like, what's yeah. really going on here? And I didn't understand like needing to like be on the same page in terms of values and how you wanted to build your life and none mm-hmm. of that. And I was a child. I was 24. I was going to say, like were that. you even talking about those things at 25? No, I was no, like, not like, where are we traveling to this summer? Yeah, where are we eating next <laughs> yeah. week? Like, yeah. yeah, what's, yeah, it's crazy. Not at all. So, um, I mean, I definitely like in hindsight recommend people to get married later, but that's a whole nother topic. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. But, um, so yeah, so 20, 24, 25, um, we got married and then, um, I think I was like 26, 27 or something when I got pregnant and then had my daughter at 27. So I was a super young mom as well, which I'm grateful for now because supercharged relationship, supercharged relationship. <laughs> I mean, the other day someone asked if we were sisters and she rolled her eyes and like turned around and like, like stomped away. I, well, like, you also look, ve- you look very, was, very young. Yeah, it's a combination perhaps <laughs> of, of the actual age. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, so 27 years old and, you know, and, and life was good. Honestly, it wasn't mm. bad. It was, you know, bought a second house and renovated it and went on trips and things were, things were beautiful but something was missing. And um, early on in in the marriage, he just after we had my daughter, um, or our daughter, I should say, he had told me that he didn't want any more kids. Mm. And that goes back to I was an only child. And I, from the time I could remember, you know, 12, whatever, 13, I wanted siblings so bad. And when I knew that that was never going to happen for me, I realized that I'd have to my own right so I'd always envision this like family that I would make which would be two three kids of my own and but I think at that moment when I understood that he we didn't want the same things and compromising something like not being able to have more children is a really big compromise um and I just couldn't wrap my head around it and so when she was five I told him that it wasn't gonna work and he told me that we could have kids at that point but at and it was a little too, you know. Right. Little, Did you still love him at that point? Like when it was just, or that broke no. your heart? Yeah, it broke my heart. Mm. Yeah. I think I totally just Especially right after having a baby. Well, she like, was three weeks old. Right. I mean, when, that would have. You can read all about it on Double Take in, in detail, but she was three, she was three weeks old. Right. Yeah. And I was, yeah, I was like, 
what do you mean? Yeah, I mean, there were, like, things oozing from every orifice. <laughs> and I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. You know? And then I, like, tucked it away. And I was like, that can't be real. That can't be right. And Did it, you bring it up again? It. Or, yes, and, and, and he still didn't want, you know. And, and the other piece of that was that he was many years older than me. And ah, okay. so he, and he already, he had another daughter. He has another daughter from another marriage. Mm-hmm. And so he, I understand him. He, you know, and that's not wrong. That's not bad. No. And, it wasn't, it wasn't wrong that that was how he felt. I think he didn't understand that that's how he felt until it was a little too late. Yeah. You moved to Soho by yourself, right? You, you... Yeah, Tribeca. Oh, Tribeca. Actually, yeah, yeah. So we lived in Tribeca, and, um, and we were told – so we went and got a mediator, which is uh, – you know, there's different ways to go about processing a divorce. One is that, you know, each party gets their – their own lawyer and then there's a collaborative divorce where each person gets their own lawyer but then there's like other experts that kind of weigh in a financial advisor and different things like that and then there's the mediator route which we were told that is the friendlier route to go by it's more for people that are going to come to the table and have an idea already of how they're gonna they're gonna process this and and divide things out and they're likely on friendly terms mm-hmm. or or really friendly terms or whatever it is. It's a little more collaborative. Mm-hmm. My my aim from the start was to be as amicable and collaborative as possible in this. My parents had a one of those like movie style dramatic terrible like heart-wrenching divorces oh. in which nobody spoke for the rest of their lives. <laughs> like, oh wow. Okay. Yeah, oh, my parents, still, oh my parents do not speak. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I so mean, it was a it messy was, one. Oh, it was like, you know, classic eighties, like, okay. you know, bone chilling courtroom yeah, where yeah, like, yeah. you know, I had to get up on like and speak and oh, it, oh, it was horrible. So you were probably like, yeah, PTSD. You were traumatized. Com- completely. And it was like, th- it took them three years of divorce and all these things. And so all I wanted was it to be friendly. And I, I was like, you know, whatever we can do to get that done. And so that our daughter could have two parents that, that like still have a lot of respect for each other and can be in the same room and get on the phone with each other and all of those things. So mediator it was, and we decided to go that route. Although girlfriends expected. No. And girlfriends. And I think that I just wanted to get it done in such a nice way that I was, I didn't go out and see the right information or the right guidance from anybody. I just sort of took everything at face value and like kind of wiped my hands clean and, and went about my way. What did you Advice, wish was the information that you wish you got that you didn't? That I you wish didn't I had have. my own representation. Mm-hmm. Um, and every girlfriend now that is getting divorced, I always recommend that to them. I don't feel that I was, I, I just don't understand how one person can mediate for two people and it'd be fair for both, both sides. Like yeah. I just as in, Stepping back, I do think that every – I think you can still do it in a friendly way, but each person have their own representation so that you're being fed, like, information that's beneficial to you and likewise for the other party. So mm-hmm. – but anyhow, we did it the mediator route. She told us that that I couldn't move out or he couldn't move out oh, until there was a custody agreement in place. I've heard different things from different people, but that's what she had told us. Okay. So we're, I was like, okay, cool. So we're going to, we have to live together. And imagine like living together with somebody that you're breaking up with, like be it a boyfriend or a husband, you're like, or a girlfriend or, you know. It's like wife. the breakup, the movie, the breakup. It's completely that. And you're like stomping in and out of rooms yeah. and like, you know, everyone, he's sleeping in the guest room and you're fighting over the bed. And like, I mean, the whole thing, it was Did horrible. you walk around naked? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> 
did she do that? In yeah. <laughs> she did. I don't remember that. You know, and it was just, it was horrible. And so we did, we sort of came up with this like makeshift custody agreement, which is actually funny enough, the custody agreement we still have today. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, we each like lobbied for our, the days that we wanted and whatever. And, um, and so we started, we started behaving according to that custody agreement while living in the same house together. Uh, so, you know, so I would go out on my night, you know, he had Monday, Tuesday, he was on duty and I was, no, right, vice versa. I was on duty Monday, Tuesday, which is what I have today. He's Wednesday, Thursday and every other weekend. And okay. so on, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, I was going out and then, you know, on his days he was going out and then, you know, one of us would come home late or not come home at all. And then, oh, we, then we started dating other people, you know, then each of us was dating somebody while living under that set of circumstances and after a period, after about six months, we were really close to getting this agreement signed. And, you know, because you have to think about every holiday, every holiday in the future. I mean, it's just it's totally. Yeah, no, I know. And so we were really close to getting the custody agreement signed. And um, I was like, I can't take it anymore. I'm like, this is toxic. We are, you know, at each other's. It was just toxic. And understandably, you know, from his side and mine. And um, anyway, so I went and started looking at apartments. And I found an apartment that was a few blocks away, and I was like, "I'm I'm taking it." And meanwhile, I'd never, I'd never ever filled out an application for a lease in New York City before. I had never had my own lease. I never like you moved here for him, it. right? Yeah, it, I met. I'm. I lived in New York, and I mean, I lived in LA, and he lived here, and I moved here, and like moved into a life here, you know, and. So I'd never done any of this. And I was like, well, how do you even do that? Like, do you, I didn't even know if I could get a lease or yeah. anybody would do even. Do I need a guarantor? Like, yeah, I was what? like, uh, who's going to, I don't know. Who's paying for this? <laughs> yeah, who's paying for this? <laughs> who's paying for this? I also so, have a kid. That actually went hard, actually. Oh, like, I was like so scared. But I was like, it's going to work. Yeah. It's going to work. I'm going to be okay. Like, everything's going to be okay. And that's like the message that I keep trying to remind everybody that I either speak to in person or they read here or friends of mine. Like, you're going to be okay. And, you know, there are going to be scary, scary, scary times. And you maybe think you're not going to be okay. But somehow things come together. But you really, you have to, like, go with your gut and your instinct. And I knew that, like, I needed to be in an apartment. Yeah. And that something was going to work. Yeah. So and I trust. Like, you just have to trust yourself. You have to And the universe. Not to, like, be, I'm from L.A. So there's a little <laughs> woo-woo in me. But, like, yeah. you got to trust it. And it's, like, it, it comes together for the better. And so I got the apartment. And it was tiny, but perfect. And um, and we moved into that. And he lived a few blocks away, and I lived a few blocks away. And everything started to, like, balance out. And it, we just we weren't in that bad energy anymore. Moved into co-parenting. And we moved into co-parenting. And we moved into, like, healthy a healthier relationship where we could communicate. And it didn't feel so yeah. yucky. How so. was the, the first years of co-parenting did you find that it, there were difficult moments yeah and you how know did you push through we tried to do for a while for the first couple of years we did you know birthdays together we did holidays together we did all of those kind of things because they feel great for the kid I think long term and again now I often give this advice that it's probably better to sort of phase out of that sooner rather than later because I think later it starts to become more using for kids and I, I I don't know uh you know each situation is, is unique but um so we did that for a while and things were great and you know there were hard there's 
been so many hard moments for him, so many hard moments for me, um, so many hard moments for our daughter, and um, and then great ones too. Yeah, and it's just really it's a balance. And so the first couple years, we're just kind of like trying to figure that out and what that balance is. He um, had a girlfriend for a while. I had a boyfriend for a while, and that always kind of added some like weirdness to the sauce. (laughs) Totally. And then, you know, and I think about this often because it's you, like you said, you have to split time, split the holidays, split the weekends. And I, now as an adult, I think back, like, you know, there was always, you know, Christmas Eve at one Christmas Eve. Like how did the opposite parent feel on that night? You know, how did you feel when you couldn't spend a Christmas Eve with your child or it's tough. It's so, so hard. It's so hard. As a parent, you know, you always think. I remember there's like that Sex in the City episode where she was like, <laughs> she was like, this is why I had a kid. So I don't have to spend holidays alone. And the movie, Mary, yeah. yeah. And, and then, Carrie runs into yeah, the subway on New Year's exactly. Eve so that she doesn't have to do it. It's exactly that. and But yet, it's kind of part of it. And that's yeah. part of the, the choice that you make. And, and you get used to it, I think. I mean, that's, I got, you get used to it. And then sometimes I think it's okay. Yeah. The kids get used to it. And and I think the parents get used to it. And I think that it's okay also for the parents to be like, I don't mind having a quiet Christmas. Yeah. (laughs) There's that. You start planning into things, you know, if you're not dating somebody, then you plan into stuff with friends. And, Mm -hmm. you know, especially like, you know, what I found too over the years is you start, you know, you have different friends that are either like single or also divorced. And so you start to like kind of pair up with people that are, you know, like a little bit on the same path as you. So you started dating right away afterwards. I started dating right Jumped right back on the horse. Yeah. (laughs) For better or for worse, that was a dumpster fire. Um, (laughs) Usually is. And I, I like to tell people that, you know, as like a word to the wise and not for everyone, but, but just often, do it. But just do it. Otherwise, you're going to be scared to do it. Absolutely. Date, 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 and date a lot of people. I went straight into a relationship. And in hindsight, it, I would say date a lot of people. Totally. And, you know, and just, like, try yourself out. Try Like, who are you? Who is this new you? What are you growing into? There's so much to learn. But... And now do you have any advice for someone who, yes, they, they have a child, they might have been divorced, and now they're dating somebody, like... What is the appropriate timeline on bringing oh. this person into your home, into your child's life? What's your feeling on on that? Yeah. So I, you know, I'll just back it up because so I had a, a relationship right after I was I was divorced, and he had kids, and I had obviously my daughter, mm-hmm. and we were together for a number of years. And when that when that didn't work out, it was really the hardest part. I think was untangling our kids. Um, and so it's a bit, it's a big decision and a big choice. And I think one that I didn't fully appreciate or understand the first time I did it. And then I was, you know, dating and single for a bunch of years and then throw COVID in the middle. Yeah. It was a mess. And, and then, you know, I've been with my boyfriend now for, you know, a year and a half, um, and counting gratefully. Yeah. He's, he's the, he's the best. Um, there is joy on the other <laughs> side. I think that's like the the moral of the story, right? And I think as you go through these things, somebody like you who is uh, optimistic, yeah. I think you have like a very beautiful way that you, a lens that you look through the world in. And if you remain optimistic, that joy will come to you. We Absolutely. all we all deserve it. We we will oh. all you we all get it. You have to take the risk. You have to take the risk. 
And when did you introduce your, so your family, because he also has children, right? Yeah, but we did this with great caution. Got it. And and I think that's why I tell the first story, because I didn't understand the weight of, of what it meant to bring children together. So, but we took great caution. And so we took a year to introduce our kids. Um you know, and and when I started writing Double Take, like initially I wanted to sort of write about like, oh, and finding love and like, you know, getting to the other side. And for me, it really like starts a step further, you know, back than that and and really how get to this place. Right. Like, what is the journey from from deciding that your marriage isn't gonna work to to leaving, to healing, to finding yourself? I mean, that's been a big huge piece of it. Yeah. For me. Like I couldn't be here in this relationship today without the last many years, without right. having grown into myself, without having learned, without having to learn to be alone and like love it. Mm-hmm. You know, really like I love solitude. Mm, me and, too. Right? You don't get much when you've got a significant other. <laughs> you really don't and you savor it. And yeah, like, you savor it. But I think you're, you're, you show up in a relationship as the best version of yourself when you love to be alone. A hundred percent. What are the things that you feel helped you heal yourself, heal the wounds that you oh felt God. from the divorce? I did everything. And as I mentioned, I'm from L.A., so a lot of woo stuff. But, you know, it went from everything from, like, reading books to I had, like, every energy healer on speed dial. I had psychics. I had, you know, uh, Reiki healers. I did sound baths. I did meditations in the morning. You know. So you were self-caring oh, all the I was, way. Like the long list of, you know, like saging the house and like oh my everything. Gosh. And um, I moved to L.A. during COVID. And so that was kind of like a really like deep sort of journey into myself and really figuring out what I wanted. And you bought your daughter out there as I well. Brought, yeah. So we lived out there for six months. It was therapeutic. Yeah. I woke up every morning. I meditated and I wrote. I wrote a lot. Um, just for yourself? Just for myself. Like yeah. journals and like yeah. essays. And essays and a lot of that kind of thing. And, and I would imagine that was very healing as well for you. So much so. And um, you know, and then I came back to New York in, in September of 2020. And I was like, I am dating. Right. You know, Did you get rid of your apartment or you kept your I apartment? Kept you kept I kept it. I kept it, okay. yeah. And I said yes to every date. And that's, you know, I tell everybody all the time, like any, you know, I've women, the out, the inbound of messages has been really incredible and double taken. It's been fascinating because even women that have never been married and don't have kids are reaching out to me, asking me about dating, like, you know, in your late thirties and early forties. And, um, my advice is like, is date everyone, (laughs) say yes to every date and just try people on, try yourself on. It's like, it becomes less serious and it doesn't matter as much when you do it. I say the same all thing. The I'm like, try on all the pants. Like, yeah. just try, try them all on and you never know what's hiding outside of your comfort zone. Like, it's so true. I wouldn't have my husband today if I didn't do that. You know, like on paper, nothing, none of the things were like yeah. what I was, what I thought I wanted. And I, my never mom, is. no, yeah, my mom was like, I'm telling you, Paula, there's a sparkle in his eyes, just go for it. Because I didn't want to go. You know, I was like, oh, I just don't want to meet somebody new. It's like a job yeah. interview. I hate it. Yeah. You know? And like, <laughs> I I just, yeah, I was like exhausted, you know. And I I actually, I mean, I've dated. I've done my fair share of dating <laughs> for sure. But I didn't like go nutso. Yeah. But like, I, I always hold that story with me because I'm like, if I didn't go that day, my life would be completely different. Absolutely. And I'm so glad that I did. And you, you never 
know who's hiding out there outside of your comfort zone. Well, now that you're on the other side, what are the biggest takeaways that you feel that you learned from this experience? You're going to be okay. No matter what. And even now, like, God forbid something were to happen with my boyfriend now and myself, um, I'm going to be okay. And I, you know, nothing is more important than, like, making sure that you feel happy and healthy inside and and like you can weather all these storms and you kind of just need yourself mm-hmm. to do that. And I need my daughter to be healthy and happy too. But, you know, number two is that if you're not happy in your marriage and you don't need, there's, there's no reason to stay in it unhappy. And so I do think that, um, that leaving when you know that it's probably the time to leave is okay to do so. This has been so fun, but we're not done yet. Okay. Okay. So we're just going to do a little quick fire. Ooh, wow. What are the three things that you think about every single day? Oh, my health. Living with love. Honestly, just Mm. fucking putting it out there. Can we curse on this show? Yeah. (laughs) And I really mean that in like every, every possible way. You know, it's with the people that you love. It's with, you know, um, yourself. Mm -hmm. It's with the strangers on the street. It's with everyone. So I think about that. Um, I think about um, my daughter every single morning, you know, and just like making sure she's okay. Even though like, I feel like she's in that phase where she's just I care less about you. <laughs> oh, like worse than that. Like can't stand me. Like eyes roll. And, but it's okay. I think I have like six or so years of that ahead of me and then yes. we're going to be good. Yes. Like 20 um, is like, Sadly. Yeah. But it's like 20 is 21. All Actually, the, you have to get through like the first couple of years of legal drinking and oh then God. it's it's rough. Yeah. It's going to be brutal. So I think that those are the big things. Like I feel like if you're not healthy, you can't show up for anybody um, the way you need to. Yeah. But yeah. Health, love, and a daughter. And a daughter. If you had a warning label, what would it be? Oh my God. Cries on a dime. <laughs> You're actually the second person that says something like that. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, my God. The other day, it was, like… Being highly emotional. Hot. Yeah. And just, like, not even in, like, an erratic way, but just, like, everything brings me to tears. And I, it's getting worse as I get older. It's crazy. They yeah. just, like, spurt out of my eyes. I know. I Same. I'm, like, it's it's very weird. It's, yeah. it's, I, I was never like this. I was never like this. It's getting out of control. That and… Time is is a little bit irrelevant for me. So getting places. I got here today on time. Which, yeah, you did. Yeah. Well, and I wasn't I was, ready for you, so. I was very impressed with myself. Yeah, you did. You yeah. did. And the last and final question. Ooh. How do you, how <laughs> do you take your oysters? Oh, cocktail sauce. <laughs> She's a little basic. I love that. Love. Everything's a vehicle for cocktail sauce. I, this is true. Which is basically just ketchup. With like some horseradish, that was like some weird stuff in yeah. it. Um, well, this has been so fun, and we need to do it again because we'll need to have like an update on all of the things in your life. Yeah. But again, thank you so much for sharing your story. I think it's so important for everybody to hear, uh, to hear, to listen to, yeah. to read every single day. As I said, yeah. this has been so fun. We digressed a little bit off thank camera, you. so if this doesn't make sense in the audio, yeah. we're sorry. We had a little, we had yeah, a little sidebar, but you know, like that's just what happens with us, ladies, yeah. and it's world joy and we could do whatever we want because it's my show. So anyway, love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. As I said, this was going to be one that was a little bit different than our other episodes, but it's so important and crucial no matter what age or stage you are in your life. I think it's so important to have people like this wonderful woman that are spreading the message of just being comfortable with modern love and modern situations. And like she said, you can get through anything and everything is going to be okay. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you soon. Bye! Bye, guys! (laughs)
for listening to World's Your Oyster. If you love what you're listening to, be sure to like, rate, and review this episode wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow us on Instagram at World's Your Oyster. And share this episode with a friend. We'd really appreciate it. Bye-bye.